right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are here today on Thanksgiving Monday, uh, recording episode 23 of, uh, of the podcast, our week five recap and our preparation for week number six. Uh, so we're getting her going here once again on a Monday. Uh, unfortunately, I'm refing it once again on the Tuesday evening. So we're just going to get our Monday podcast going here and watching the watching the Monday nighter as it unfolds. But uh, we'll, we'll say hello to the fellas here. We'll, we'll start it off with Armin. Armin, how are we doing this nice long weekend? Ah, good, you know, got to go home, enjoy the fall weather at the farm and uh, and see how it's all going there. It sure is starting to get cold here and uh, I hear there's snow coming this week, so I don't know how to be excited or scared. Um, I know with, uh, with football season still going on, sometimes it's really fun. Sometimes it's just a big pain in the arse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But snow weather, pra- like, especially practice, that's got to be the worst. Yeah. Dragging in the, the game. It's not practice. too bad. It's kind of fun in the game, but uh, yeah, practices. Oh. <laughs> Talking about practice. <laughs> um, we'll throw it over to Zach, our, our other host of the podcast. Zach, uh, how was your long weekend? It was good. I'm thinking about taking a day off tomorrow just to uh, to recuperate. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty wore down. We, we got back super late from North Alford on, on Thursday night with the football team and been running on low sleep ever since so looking forward to uh the first night back in our own bed and getting some good sleep for once yeah i hear you i've been man i've been grinding a different kind of tired though i obviously we, uh our well i should say obvious but our friday night game unfortunately got canceled uh due to covid so we um a couple of us went out for a bite to eat after and then got a nice little sleep but after that same as you i think it's just been grinding grinding saturday morning drove to battleford to go see my parents quickly before i had to drive to humbleton ref in humboldt so i put on like 1300 kilometers or something like that on on saturday and then uh yesterday was kind of just a go 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 day but i've been i've been grinding hard with my master stuff right now i got classes next week and a couple papers due and it's been man it's been a grind it's been sitting on my computer all day just working away so it's been it's been tough but uh but it was, it was all right to put the football games on yesterday. And, and obviously, like I mentioned, watching the Monday Nighter right now, it ain't the worst thing ever. So getting her, <laughs> yeah. getting her back and out, and we're, we're giving her here. So um, hey, I got to ask you guys here. Yeah. Uh, are you guys uh, turkey people or uh, ham people on Thanksgiving? Stuffing. I'm a stuffing guy. <laughs> Just the carbs. I had uh, Saturday morning, we had uh, ham. Like It was like a brunch kind of thing. So we, we ended up having ham. And then I went over to um, uh, my fiance's auntie's place there and with some of her cousins, we had a little bit of ham again. I was like, man, I don't care if it's ham or turkey. I just want stuffing. Like, that's all I want, one <laughs> stuffing and gravy. But I ended up having some leftovers for dinner today, so that wasn't too bad. What about you, Zach? I am usually a ham guy myself. Are we me? have turkey quite a bit um, oh, yeah. with my extended family, so ham's usually a little bit more more special, tougher Arm- to come by. Armand? My, uh, my whole family's kind of ham people. We, we do a turkey every once in a while, but even Christmas time and uh, Easter, we're usually a ham. It's just, and then my mom makes a, a Mennonite borscht with the, with the ham bone with dill and ham and everything. And it's oh, that sounds it is something else. So the day after is usually pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. It sounds unreal. If I'm at it, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. If I'm on the clock 101 in my fantasy draft of Thanksgiving food, <laughs> like pass on pumpkin pie, I'm taking stuffing. I'm going dark horse here. Like I might be that guy that takes a receiver at 101. Like, you know, I'm going dark horse stuffing, but oh man, just the best. I, yeah, that's I go good ham. stuff. 
Yeah. And, uh, Go ham for ham. <laughs> <laughs> Going hard in the paint for ham. Um, should we get her started here, fellas? Insiders and headliners. Oh yeah. Well, before we get started, I guess every hopefully everybody had a good uh, Thanksgiving long weekend, and and I guess we'll uh, we'll get her going here on the pod. So, uh, insiders and headliners, uh, we're gonna start this one first because this literally broke seconds before we started recording here. Uh, there were some rumors about, well, some allegations of some sensitive email sent about what did they say it was like eleven years ago or seven years ago, two thousand eleven, I think it was, or two thousand ten. Yeah, ten years ago. Yeah, I can't remember when the emails were, but I think it was two thousand eleven. I'm not mistaken. Uh, but John Gruden has officially resigned as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. So this one's fresh off here, and so you're getting the immediate first reactions of the fellas here. So maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll go to Zach first here. What do you? What's your uh, what's your original like your very first response to this? I guess. Uh well, I think I think it's probably like the right move for everybody to uh, to end that partnership. Um, what he is alleged to have said is it's unacceptable. Um, and it's never should have been said in the first place. And I think the, the Raiders did the right thing, whether they encouraged him to resign or not. I think it's best for everybody that they uh, part ways. For sure. Armin, do you think this is going to have much of an impact on the fantasy players moving forward here or, or what's your, uh, what's your fantasy reaction? Uh, you know, like Las Vegas, the last few games has kind of been on a downhill decline. So maybe I'll, uh, pump them up a little bit more here and it, it might change a little bit on uh how they call their games because las vegas as you know is kind of with john gruden always is a little bit of a let's go for it all the time right and yeah. so it might might change a little bit you might see less of that but uh maybe that's not such a bad thing for that team a bit more conservative play calling might uh help out like josh jacobs or uh some of those underneath guys like uh, Darren Waller and, and those guys help him come back to life a bit. For sure. I, I'm actually really, I'm really interested to see what happens come NFL draft season because Gruden's always a guy that goes after the guys he wants and he's had some head scratcher draft picks the last couple of years. So I'm, that's what I'm more curious to see what's going to happen. If it was a drawn Gruden thing, or if it was a, maybe a front office thing or a combination of both. So maybe we'll see, uh, we'll see maybe a few different few different uh, style draft picks maybe come or maybe a conservative draft, but that's, that's what I'm a little bit more interested to see, but well, unfortunate news to start the pod. So um, going into a couple injuries here, uh, <laughs> this one, this one sucks for Zach and I, I think we have quite a few shares of him this year. <laughs> Saquon Barkley, the poor man just can't stay healthy. And, and man, I don't know if you guys saw the picture of his ankle. It looked pretty darn gross. Uh, Zach, we'll, we'll go to you because you, I think you have several more shares than anybody anybody else here uh what do you what do you think moving forward i think is it is it fair to give him the injury prone tag now or is it just darn luck i think it's just bad luck um like i didn't i didn't watch the game but i've seen the replay and it looks like he just stepped on the the defenders their his foot and just kind of rolled his ankle like like uh like al pacino said you know a half inch here a half inch there he's fine (laughs) so Oh man, when you texted me that, Zach, I giggled so hard. Oh, oh man. so good. It's a good movie, unbelievable movie. Um, 
So this one, this one's a little bit uh, unfortunate for me as a Lions fan, maybe not so much on the uh, fantasy radar, but he was starting to make a name for himself and was starting to, he looked actually pretty darn good uh, the last little bit here and, and was maybe standing out as the number one receiver for the Detroit Lions. But Quintus Cephas uh, broke his collarbone in week five against the Vikings there. Uh, he had surgery repair that, so he is most likely out for the remainder of the season. Uh, I can't imagine they'll be rushing him back. He's quite young and, and very promising for that offense, but unfortunately uh, another injury for the Detroit Lions. So uh, another one, another, I guess, shoulder type injury, collarbone, I guess, shoulder. And for this one, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, had went underwent sh- uh, shoulder surgery and he will be out for the remainder of the season as well. Uh, I guess maybe Zach will talk about that one a little bit, a little bit later <laughs> there on. But uh, um, this one, this one was an interesting one because Joe Burrow, he took a huge hit in that game against uh, Green Bay and got up a little bit slowly and went off to the sidelines. And everybody's like, oh no, holding your breath because Joe Burrow went down and here we go. Here's maybe a potential other knee injury. And then he gets back up. He's good to go. But then after the game, he gets rushed to the hospital for a throat. It was a throat contusion. Is that what exactly what was it? I just remember seeing throat, but I couldn't remember if it was a throat contusion or what. But that's something definitely worth monitoring moving forward because I'm not even sure. Like I watched quite a bit of that game. I'm not even too sure where it happened, what had happened. So that's something definitely worth, worth monitoring kind of moving forward here. So, um, and then this one, oh man, this, I think this one hurts Armin more than hurts anybody, but Russell Wilson finger eight weeks. Uh, it's looking, well, that's on the approximation. Like it could be longer, it could be shorter, but Armin, I know you're a big Russ guy. So maybe you want to take this one. Funny thing is, is I don't have any Russell Wilson this year. <laughs> Unbelievable. Except in the one league where we're all together. That's the only rest I got. And I think I only got Lockett in one league, although I've been talking so high of him all off season. So it doesn't hurt me too much, but man, that, that sucks for, for Seattle. Like that the, entire offense. Yeah. That entire offense is going to be hurting for a little bit. You might see him run the ball more, but with cars or Chris Carson injured right now too, like, Oh, they're going to be in some trouble here, but uh who knows? I mean, DK Metcalf can still make things happen on his own. Lockett can sometimes make things happen on his own. So you might see an uptick for, for those two guys with uh, uh, Gino who, who Smith. came in for us. What? Gino Smith. Gino, Gino Smith. Smith. Old Gino Smith. You might see him rely heavily on those two guys, right? So, you, um, Man, he was lasered in on DK Metcalf. Like, he did not look anywhere else on the field <laughs> other than DK. So I will be interesting to see what goes on there. Actually, a little fun fact. It was kind of interesting. Me and uh, me and a really good buddy of mine, we co-manage like a pretty high stakes uh, money league in, um, in fantasy. And we are, uh, we've won the league once. We got third twice. And I think we lost the league once or something like that. So our team's been very competitive and we've got lucky on some draft picks. But right now we've, we're a little bit on the, uh, on the questionable side with quarterbacks, got some young guys and kind of hit and miss. We wanted to go after a locked and loaded star and the one guy was interested in maybe trading Russell Wilson. So I was like, okay, if that's the case, like we'll, um, we'll go after Russ and let's try and get him." And, and my partner actually talked me out of the, the trade for Russell Wilson. And now it's like, Oh man, hindsight, like, thank goodness <laughs> we didn't make that trade. Cause our team's already heavy load. We have Chris Carson and we have Tyler Lockett. And then we have, um, we have that uh, Eskridge, the rookie there too. So we already have quite a bit of, quite a bit of Seattle going on. So if we would have made that trade, we would have just basically been going after the entire Seattle offense. So, so hindsight, uh, I'm pretty happy we didn't make that one. So, um, and our final one, this one hurts my feelings a little bit. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, man, I was, 
I was watching that game last night and all of a sudden Buffalo goes up. I'm playing against Dawson Knox. I'm thinking I got this locked. Like I Clyde's going to have even at worst. Okay. Eight points. I got this week. No problem. Knox gets that 85 yard bomb touchdown. I think it's up getting like 20 points this week. And then Clyde gets like two points and goes out injured. So he's uh he's dealing with a knee injury. It's looking like a, a couple weeks for sure, but uh, avoided some major, major injuries. There are potential season ending. So something to monitor uh, as of right now, they're saying it's a couple weeks. We don't necessarily know what that means for sure. They're still going to go on some more tests, but we'll, uh, we'll find out more about that moving forward. But um, last night when they were carrying uh, CEH off the field, I had uh, semi-pro flashbacks <laughs> When they uh, they're hauling Jackie Moon off the court and they were doing just an awful job, job. Spangles. <laughs> yeah. stabilizing his spine. Yeah, uh, Jackie traded Jackie traded it for a bag of balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, yeah, like literally it was like just get this guy off the field as fast as we can. He might have a knee injury, but let's just hold his hamstring and let it dangle. Like, unbelievable. yeah, let's get a couple of hoggies here to take care of this. Oh, unbelievable. Let's save money on the uh, and not bring out the cart. <laughs> Yeah, we, we have a we have a five hundred thousand dollar golf cart that we could drive the guy off. It's like no, no, we got two hoggies that just carry yeah. his knee. Like, unbelievable. Um, anything else to add here, fellas, for insiders and headliners? I think that'll kind of do it. Uh, we'll get ourselves into the weekly recap with our studs and duds. So I'll start. Um, I was really choked. I didn't get to use this guy last week because we uh, we recorded on the Monday. Um, so we were oh, okay. Hold on, I just watched this. The Colts went to kick a last second field goal to end the second half Baltimore called a timeout and he missed and he kicked it again and hit it after the timeout. So <laughs> the classic freeze fail there, I guess. So at halftime, they're up 10, 10, three. So anyhow, went off a tangent. I was choked. I couldn't call the, use this guy as my stud of the week last week, Austin Eckler, because he was on the Monday night. We were recording partway through the Monday, but he had a huge week last week. And once again, having a, a monster week, I believe he's got, he's, 75 points in two weeks like or 72 points in two weeks in in half point ppr scoring so he's he's on a tear right now doing a like doing some serious work on the ground he's got a couple uh red zone carries in the uh, for a couple of rushing scores but obviously what he's well known for is in the rush uh, in the receiving work a couple a couple of scores here and uh he had himself a big week I'm going to go down here. I believe it's 30.4 in uh, PPR scoring. So um, Austin Eckler having himself another big week. So my stud of the week is Austin Eckler. Uh, Zach, your stud of the week. Yeah. Very similar to yours, <clears throat> at least uh, on the same team is uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, he put up 42.82 points um, this week and he's quickly showing that he is uh, one of one of, if not the most dominant fantasy QBs in the game right now. Um, I I might have overdrafted him back in July in Scott Fishbowl, but uh, he's been putting up over forty points pretty consistently this season. So definitely helping my team out, and uh, I think guys that were able to get him as their QB one this year are, are certainly happy um, that they may have waited a little bit longer. And let guys like Stafford and uh, Hertz and uh, those type of guys go ahead and uh, take Herbert kind of as that QB 10 on the year. So he's definitely paying off big time this year. Zero interceptions in the last three weeks helps too. Yeah. <laughs> big time. Uh, Armin, your stud of the week? 
All right, I'm pivoting off the Chargers like you two guys are. <laughs> you you could have won another Charger here. I could yeah, have. I definitely could have, and I own them. <laughs> I own them, and I'm very happy I own them in a few leagues. But uh, I went with someone else, and and that's Pitts. And I had to I had to put him in there just because it was finally his first big game as an NFL player. He put up 23 points and half PPR. Broke a hundred yards for his first time in his in his career, and also had his first NFL touchdown. Um, Matt Ryan was looking his way all game long, and I I don't know if this is uh, what's to come for the rest of the season, but if it is, I'm I'm excited for Pitts because this could be good. Um, if not, well, at least he he had one big game, and he's not a complete bust. <laughs> we'll always have September 10th. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very curious if it's was situational. Like you look at that Atlanta offense, my goodness, Calvin Ridley didn't travel with the team, so he was out. Um, oh, what's his name there? Russell uh, Gage. Russell Gage is still out. So I don't know if it was used out of complete necessity or if it's uh, a point in the direction of things to come. But yeah, like you mentioned, his well, his first huge week. Yeah, you know, Ridley and Gage haven't done a whole heck of a lot yet this season, so. You know, if they see it might have been situational that he got the opportunity, but the fact that he stepped up might mean things to continue to come towards him. I know in our charity league, uh, he just got traded straight up for Mark Anders. Uh, Mark Anders looks like he's having (laughs) himself a half decent week right now, no touchdowns, but he's looking he's getting tired quite a bit, but definitely nothing near the uh, the production that Kyle Pitts had this past week. Um, I will go with my dud of the week. And uh, this one isn't necessarily so much as like he was being really good and all of a sudden this kind of fell off, but it's, it's a continuous trend at this point. And I wanted to more or less have a conversation about this player and, and what would you be doing, especially in a redraft format. And I, I've had some lots of questions about him in, in dynasty or can you buy him low? Would you buy him low? Would you sell? Are you scared? What, what are you, what are you doing? And, and that's Brandon Ayuk from San Francisco 49ers. And I know Armin, you were really high on this guy, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he was a potential sophomore breakout, but it just has not come to fruition. Uh, part of the issue maybe is Debo, uh, Debo Samuel being healthy and, and having potentially a career, well, not only a career year, but an NFL statistic breaking season here. And, and it looked like everything was set up for him for success. Like the San Francisco run game is kind of hit and miss right now. They're quite injured. Uh, and then now even like their number one target, uh, their tight end, uh, George Kittle going out and not dressing. So I was like, okay, maybe this is his get right game. And he puts up another stinker of four points. So that's, I think he's been receiver 86, receiver 62. Um, that's pretty well consistent where he's been all year. I think the one week he had a touchdown. So he kind of got himself into that potential wide receiver two range, but uh, it, has, uh, it hasn't been great for him. So I'm kind of just curious. I put him in there to have a conversation. What would you guys be doing? Maybe one of you want to take the dynasty train and one of you wants to take the redraft train. Maybe Armingo Dynasty, I guess, because you you've been high on him for from the dynasty perspective. Well, I think I think you buy him. He I believe in the talent of Ayuki. He, he's put up big numbers in his short career and in some weeks here. And he he has good talent. It's unfortunate he's just not getting the opportunity right now, but um that opportunity will eventually come. Like you always say, Jordan, the cream always rises to the top. So eventually Ayuk, he will eventually rise up and start performing again. Now, will it be this year? I don't know, but uh, eventually here he's going to start producing again. What about you, Zach, as maybe a redraft perspective? 
Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but uh, I would, in redraft, unless you have a deep roster, you can probably move on from him. Um, looking at his points for this year, uh, week one, nothing. Well, he didn't play week one. Week two, he totaled a impressive half a point. Uh, week three, made it over 10, had 10 and a half points. Week four, one and a half. And week five, he had 3.2. At this point, like, like I said, unless you have a deep bench, you could probably move on and get somebody, really get anybody that's doing better than at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like if you could maybe package him up in a trade offer, like it's still he still carries a lot of name value. Like he, he hasn't done anything, like nothing at all, but he was a high draft capital. Maybe you can go after some of those players that are just looking at, okay, where, where were they drafted and trying to regain dra- draft capital. So if you can maybe package him up in a two for one, he might, he might be the little tipping point that tips the scale, but yeah, he's borderline droppable, I think, at this point. And he's yeah. not even receiving that many targets. Um, like week two, he had two targets. Week three, he had six. And that was his best week. Uh, week four, he had three. And and this week, he had four. So he's clearly not being used anywhere nearly as much as as we, I think, we all anticipated him to be used. And uh, now with, with Trey Lance at the helm, things might be a little bit different. But I just saw that uh, Trey Lance himself is dealing with a bit of a shoulder issue, and uh, yeah, knee too, I think. Yeah, uh, so let's see what happens after the bye week. It might be could be back to Jimmy G before long. Yeah, the uh, I think the the report said that his his week against uh, it was it Indianapolis they play after the bye. It said that hit that week is even in question. So I was like, oh man, like it might be like pretty bad if if you're all of a sudden you're looking two weeks down the road for a question mark. So it makes things even a little bit more sketchy for him, but. Yeah, not ideal. I would like to mention too, Armin ripped me in the Scotty Fishbowl draft saying that my Debo Samuel was a terrible pick in like the ninth <laughs> round. So I would like to mention that uh, suck on that one, Armin, ninth round and taking Debo. So I'll, uh, I'd like to go back and mention that one. Yeah, I thought he was washed up. I'll admit, I'll eat crow here. Like, holy, he is, he's blowing up. He is staying healthy this year, knock on wood. And uh, like he... Don't knock too hard, you might hurt him. <laughs> but he he's doing what he's always done and staying healthy. So if he continues on, he'll be good. You know, I think that San Fran offense, I'm wondering if like with how much targets he's getting and where the ball is kind of moving, the little bit I've watched, it doesn't seem like they have very many reads. So I, I, you might just be in the doghouse of uh, Shanahan there. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Um, I obviously, I did not expect uh, what's, whatsoever is the ninth <laughs> round. Debo Samuel putting up those type of numbers. But it's, uh, it's been a treat. Like, he's one of those guys, if you could stay healthy, he's going to put up numbers. So it's been a treat to watch. But I'll, uh, I'll stop my rant here on the San Francisco <laughs> offense, and I'll let Zach take over for his, uh, his dud of the week. All right, so this guy is somebody that I hold near and dear to my heart. It's uh, it's Jacoby Myers. He had seven point six points this week, which it's not as bad as some of our duds have previously had, but it's what uh, it's what he did during the game that really got me my attention. Um, this is a, a player that's had over, I think it's over eighty targets and just shy of a thousand yards over the past sixteen games. Um, but he's never scored an NFL touchdown as a receiver. He's thrown a, a couple, but he's never had a NFL receiving touchdown. Uh, this week, he could have had two of them, 
in the first series, um, he had a wide receiver screen with two blockers uh, ahead of them on like the two yard line. And uh, he decided to split the difference and go right between them and kind of do the Mark Sanchez butt fumble thing where he got tackled by your own blocker, fell down on the one yard line. Um, so that could have been an easy first NFL touchdown. And then uh, later on in the game, he uh, ran a nifty little route and Mac Jones hit him for 50 yards. Uh, the only problem was is that Jacoby Myers dropped the wide open 50 yard uh, pass, which he could have converted into a touchdown perhaps. Um, not only did dropping that touchdown greatly impact his day, uh, but it also really sewered uh, Armand and I with our prop bet uh, from last week. Um, I figure that would have been the difference with uh, the Patriots exceeding the 289 yards or whatever it was that we, we wagered on. So Jacoby Myers is the dud of the week. Were you, <laughs> were you sweating at all during that game? I was like, oh my As, goodness, the Pats, the Pats are getting blown out by Houston right now. This is not good. I was, uh, I was hurting in a bad way yesterday. So I was just sitting on the couch at my uh, wife's grandma's house. Um, just trying to drink bubbly. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, this is what's going on here. Like Mac Jones is bleeding. Davis Mills is dialed in. Nothing's, nothing's going well right now. PSN turning point Houston kicks a zero yard punt. I think that's oh, turns things like, up. That that I had flashbacks to uh, that game, the Pats against Indy from like five or six years ago, where they had uh, the entire formation to the right, <laughs> and it was like Griff Whalen yeah. snapping to the punter, and Griff yeah. Whalen's like a special teams receiver. Yeah, and Brandon Allen was just just blew it up. I, uh, oh man, I, I, I don't understand if you're Houston, like you were not expected to win that game whatsoever. You're up. I think at that point, they're up like 18 points. Just kick the damn ball away. Like, why are you trying to be so <laughs> tricky? Like you don't need to beat like, and then all of a sudden you kick it off your guards ass. And then it's on the zero yard punt on your like 25. Like, oh man. Yeah. Houston classic. Hey, Some Zach, teams uh, find a way to lose. Yeah. One other question for you here with the Patriots. Damian Harris, is he the back in New England now with uh, him losing another fumble on a touchdown plunge, but yet still being trusted before going out with injury? That's That He's one a, sucked. First, it was first like of all, the, that was, was a the touchdown. One-sixteenth yeah. line it came all like. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, I, I strong, like, obviously Homer hat here, but the, uh, the DB did a good job of punching it out, but the DB came – from inside the end zone. So I don't know how you punch a ball out um, when you're in the end zone and they count as a, you know, not crossing the plane. But besides that, um, yeah, I don't know. They got to find somebody that can hold onto the ball. This is outrageous. <laughs> I thought I, he was, I thought he was going to be a steal of the, of the draft season. Like you could get him yeah. in the seventh, eighth round. I thought he was going to be the, you know, the, the fantasy MVP as it is, you know, but. and, uh, and week one, he was, he yeah. had a great, uh, week, well, one. Even week two. And then he's, uh, he's dealt with injuries and yeah, he said a couple fumbles. So, um, but they, they need they, a Belichick still trusted him after that fumble. Like he got probably 10 more carries and then he went out with injury. Yeah. That's one thing that, uh, it's in his favor. Like, uh, I think, 
week one or week two, Ramondre Stevenson fumbled, and we're just seeing him now come to the dog host. Uh, last week, J.J. Taylor fumbled, and he might be in witness protection at right now. We don't know. Um, so luckily for, for Harris, he has fumbled a few times, and with you know, for better or for worse, we're, we're still seeing him get the ball. So that might be the only thing saving him right now. Yeah, that's a uh, whole man. I guess he's the one that's got something on Belichick, maybe instead of Bolden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring back Bolden. Let's go. Oh, don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, Armin, your dud of the week. All right. So, my dud again, kind of like Zach's, where it wasn't that awful of a week, but you know, Stefan Diggs, when the Buffalo offense puts up 38 points, you would expect digs to at least have 10 maybe 15 plus points minimum right and he put up only eight and 0.5 ppr points so um that's my dud of the week like digs you'd expect more that's you draft him because you expect him to have a low or a high floor that that is that that high especially when buffalo is putting up points like that so I don't know what happened, but oh my goodness, Michael Pittman, what a touchdown! This has got to stand. Are you guys watching the game at all? Negative. I'm waiting for halftime to come off. Oh my goodness, hold on. If this is a touchdown, he absolutely mosses him and then scrambles in for another three well, about 20, 23 yards ish. <laughs> unbelievable. Sorry, like that was unbelievable. There's a flag though. I'm waiting to see what the flag says. All right. I'm watching from my phone, so I'm a little delayed here. So it's, it's just coming out at halftime. Oh, okay. You're like way out. Pass interference yeah. defense. It is a touchdown. Oh my goodness, what a touch! Yeah, you're gonna. I'll wait for your reaction on that one, Armin. That was unbelievable. Right. But coming back to your take here, as a guy that was drafted as a top three receiver in in um, in redrafts, like he was anywhere between obviously one and three. Like you could have taken him one over Adams. You could take him over Hill um he was anywhere between that one and three spots and when you look at when you look at that it's that's quite frustrating when some of the numbers he's put up he was a buy low target we talked about but man oh man is it is frustrating to be a, a dig zone right now yeah um a couple honorable mentions here uh tom brady had another good week uh his, his number one like his best career was his career four, year. four 400 year. yards and five scores the first time he's ever done that is that correct zach if i read that i could not tell you Career uh, week for Brady at year 44. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought I read that <laughs> yeah. right. So Mike Williams with another huge week. Um, Antonio Brown with another good one. Uh, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, all guys that have had a spectacular week. A um, couple of guys with some tough weeks, T. Higgins, uh, Derek Carr, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, uh, a couple other players. There's quite a few guys that had um, unfortunate weeks. Um, oh. Terry McLaurin, <laughs> did you watch the replay? Yeah, it just finally came on my phone. Unbelievable, what a catch! Yeah, uh, but I think out of all these guys, the toughest weeks, I think the, the award goes to either the Green Bay Packers or the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals place kickers. My goodness, you guys, did you guys watch that at all? It has yeah. to be the Cincinnati kicker. Not only does he miss like two game winners, but he also sellies no, the last one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like I, I saw it live and I saw it what I I, I thought it missed. And then yep. they pan to the field and and uh, Chase McLaughlin or whatever his name is 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 selling with the holder and the and the and the snapper. And I thought yep. 
did I did I miss that? Like I was like, he hit the flag. So I was like, maybe it went inside the bar and hit the back yeah. side of the flag. I was like, I thought I saw that same thing too, but but then yeah, they show the replay, and then I'm like, no, I I saw what I saw, and then yeah. sure enough, they pan back, and even yeah, Chase McLaughlin's like scratching his head, like, what did what happened? <laughs> Yeah. Maybe not I not good. Maybe I just like seeing the world burn, but I wanted to see Mason Crosby miss again. <laughs> just, oh. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a thing. Oh my goodness, did it make me laugh? It was that uh clip from Dumb and Dumber when uh when they're sitting on the little moped or whatever, and he goes, Just when you think you can't go and do anything more stupid, you go and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, it was like um uh, Aaron Rodgers talking to Mason Krause. I was like, oh my God, I just couldn't stop howling. <laughs> Unbelievable. But um, anything, uh, anybody else you want to mention here? Big games slash uh, not so great weeks? I'll, uh, I'll mention it now, but uh, my start of the week um, for like last episode was Cole Beasley. Um, I didn't have a chance to watch uh, the game last night, I was playing cards at the uh, in-laws house, but uh, when I saw the score, I thought, oh, I'm a genius. Yeah. Cole Beasley must have just had a heck of a game. And <laughs> nope, he had exactly 1.25 fantasy points. What a, what a weird game. Like, I watched most of that game, I'd say, from the, three, third, uh, from the second quarter story on. Uh, and then the huge rain delay. It was a weird one, man. But uh, – yeah, like Armin mentioned earlier, when you look at the score, you would assume that all those big guys had big weeks and lots of points. But yeah, it was a man, that was a head scratch. I thought that game was gonna be what the what the um Cleveland Browns game was. Like that yeah. game was what a game that was. But yeah, unfortunately, that's uh it was it was tough. Like I thought it was gonna be like a QB shootout and it was just gonna be offense, offense, offense. And I think it could have been further from that. So um to finish this week off before we move on to the next one here. Uh, like I mentioned, we're watching the Monday nighter. I was down 21 points with uh, Jonathan Taylor left to play and he got an 87 yard receiving touchdown. So I'm still waiting to get my final two points here to, <laughs> to ice my Monday miracle, but so we'll be, we'll be watching this one as it goes, but we'll, uh, we'll wrap up episode or wrap up, sorry, week five, and then we'll start our week six. So just as we're wrapping up week five, uh, so is the summer season. And as, in, as we're wrapping up the summer season, the weather's getting colder. Arm already mentioned it. Snow might be on the way. So you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to add on some extra layers and adding extra layers. I'm a big sweatshirt guy. And uh, down at, uh, down at Limitless Gear, they just got a brand new shipment of a bunch of their uh, stock up of their brand new sweaters. Uh, we have our own. I still haven't even broken mine out for the episodes here. I got to do that. I just keep wearing the hat, but Limitless Gear's got themselves stocked up with a whole bunch of fall collections. So uh, with the cold weather around the corner, you're going to want to find yourself down at Limitless Gear in Prince Albert, a brand about bettering yourself and believing that possibilities are endless if you set your mind to it. Limitless Gear, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. It's, uh, Armin, how, uh, how warm was your plaid there? I'm sure you wore it over the weekend. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty comfy. Got to wear it during Thanksgiving here and, uh, ooh, yeah, it kept me warm all night. Uh, and then, uh, kept my wife warm once she was cold too, so. She That's likes a, wearing it too. I got to go get, I still haven't got myself a plaid yet there. I just like keep talking about them, but I have to get down there. Cause I still have to get Zach his sweater too. But man, like the, I wear my hat everywhere. It's, it's, uh, it's awesome. And they got a new, new collection there. 
Uh, some more toques in because as we get ready for the winter season, they got their toques ready to go. Uh, so if yeah, you'll have to find your way down there and get stocked up. You know, I think uh, I think your Detroit Lions need to start wearing some limitless gear and so they can believe in themselves a little bit more. Unbelievable, Armin. Unbelievable. <laughs> Another tough loss for my Lions. I was just going to not mention it because it's. I said before we started, it's a tough day to be a Detroit Lions fan. Like, eventually, we got to win one of those, right? Like, eventually, kickers got to miss. Like, like <laughs> eventually. Like, 50, was it 52 yards and 66 yards now? We've lost on a buzzer beater. Like, yeah. Eventually, you know, I- so- this week I had to, to rub it in because it was the Vikings that did it. So uh, just just had to twist the knife a little. Yeah, it wasn't tough enough. That I lost one of my favorite brand new receivers, but we uh, we also lost the game too. It, it's, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, you know? Like I knew we were going to be bad. I knew we weren't going to win a lot of games, but like we could just as easily be four and one as we could be 0 and five. Like we've been around in these games. We've been competitive, which is promising to see because our team is like, the Lions might be one of the most injured teams in the NFL right now, which they didn't have many players to begin with. So <laughs> it's uh, she's a tough go right now, but uh, we'll get her going here. Um, Canadian player profile this week for week number six, we're looking at Tavon Campbell, cornerback from the Los Angeles Chargers. So before we get on to Tavon, a quick recap of last week uh, was player of the week, Nikhil Harry. Uh, recently dropped from Zach Strong's roster, Nikhil, <laughs> Nikhil <laughs> Harry. <laughs> Had a moment of silence for him as he dropped him off his fantasy roster. But yeah. uh, the the bet was 282 uh, yards passing for the Pats, and they had 231 yards. So Zach and I had bought that arm and sold, which Woo! puts us at a grand total of three to two to one. So I'm three Armands two, and Zach is at one on the season. So. This week, we're looking at Tavon Campbell, like I mentioned. Uh, Tavon was born on July 14th of 1993 in Scarborough, Ontario. Uh, He played his CIS here in Saskatchewan at the University of Regina for the Rams from 2011 to 2014. He was drafted into the CFL in 2015 in the third round, pick number 22 to the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, He played in Calgary for the 2015 season and was traded to Saskatchewan for the uh, 2016-2017 season. And then during the 17th season, he was traded from Saskatchewan to Montreal, where he played in Montreal from 2017 uh, and 2018. And then uh, concluding the 2018 season in 2019, he signed a future contract with the New York Jets, but was later waived and then signed by the Chargers in 2019 and has been with the Chargers ever since. Uh, His career NFL statistics are 27 tackles, five deflections, one interception, three forced fumbles, and one pick six. Uh, So this week, the Los Angeles Chargers are playing the currently playing right now Monday Nighter Baltimore Ravens. And our buy and sell of the week is, will the Baltimore Ravens pass more than their four game average of 269 passing yards against the Los Angeles Chargers? So me and Zach were looking at it beforehand. Uh, I believe they passed for like 247, 270 something, um, or 230 something. 235, 239, 287, 316. You're the man. I wasn't even close. Um, So we calculated the average as 269.5, rounded down because 269 sounds better. And then we'll, uh, we'll try and go from there. So buy or sell. The Baltimore Ravens passing for more than 269 yards against the Los Angeles Chargers. So Zach went last last week, so we'll get him to go first this week. Zach, buying or selling? 
I am going to buy that the Ravens will have more than 270 yards passing. Right. Um, looking at this matchup, uh, maybe it's going to be the matchup that we wanted uh, the Sunday nighter to be this week, this past week. Um, I think having the Ravens and the Chargers go head to head will be a fun game. And uh, with the Ravens backfield kind of being in limbo still, they might have to pass it a little bit more than they're used to. So here's to hoping I can get one right sometime soon. <laughs> more than one. Yep. Um, Armand, <laughs> buy or sell, what are you doing? You know, I'm, uh, I'm going to buy this one that the Ravens are going to pass more than 269. Um, so I'm buying those 270 plus. Um, they're passing better this season, I think, than they, they have or did last year. Um, and I'm going to keep on going with my uh, take of Lamar Jackson's going to be MVP. He's going to get back to, to throwing the ball really well. So I'm just going to double down on that and, and keep uh, going with that narrative for the Ravens here. Well, uh, I am going to sell just one. I'm going to maybe give you guys a chance to catch up to me here in the standings. <laughs> but uh, um, two, right now in the Monday Nighter, we are partway through the third quarter. Uh, and they have thrown for 131 passing yards uh, against a Colts defense that I don't think is anywhere near as good as the Chargers defense is. Uh, but I also think if they're going to compete in this game, I think it's going to be on the legs of Lamar Jackson. Um, so I am going to sell, I think, 269 yards. I guess I guess we're going 270 is what they have to achieve. I think 270 is a lofty goal for any team. And I still don't think that uh, – Looking at some of the offenses in the league, I don't think they have the passing game that some other teams do, especially against a pretty strong defense, the Los Angeles Chargers. So I am going to sell the passing yards of 270 yards. So we'll uh, we'll give this one a recap next week to see where we're at, uh, concluding the week number six Canadian player profile. Uh, so moving on here to our weekly preview. Uh, last week, we'll kind of briefly go through the starts of the week, Armand, uh, with his full stream ahead, had Matty Ice putting up 22.6. Not a bad little uh, week for Matty Ice uh, in the early debut Sunday game as the stream of the week. Uh, Zach's start of the week uh, was Cole Beasley, who did as well as my start of the week, Trey Lance. I think we both kind of uh, expected a little bit bigger than our bigger than they were. And then Armin start of the week, 17 points from Chuba Hubbard. A nice little Ooh. start of the week there. So a little get right game. Uh, sits of the week, Damian Harris. Um, didn't have himself much of a week, a touchdown and a fumble. Uh, so a nice little sit for Zach, Chris Carson. That's an easy sit for uh, Armin as he uh, did not play. <laughs> so that's a great sit decision. Woo! And uh, with my sit of the week, unfortunately, um, my thought process was correct, but the execution was not because on the ground, Miles Gaskins was awful, but his uh, he did some serious damage to Tampa Bay through the air. So Miles Gaskins had himself a monstrous week, but uh, did not come on the ground, which was my argument so i uh i'm over over two i think here in a row in back-to-back -back weeks with my sits so hopefully get right here this upcoming week so uh we'll start it off with this week week number six armin's full stream ahead we'll start her there all right my full stream ahead this week is the one the only teddy two gloves bridgewater i am picking him um he's only rostered in 23 percent of leagues on uh, on sleeper and i'm sure it's probably around that number in most leagues 
Um, he just came off concussion program protocol this week against Pittsburgh, put up 18 points. Um, he's, he's doing not too bad this season, but I, I think against the Las Vegas Raiders who, um, have shown to not have the greatest defense in the world that, uh, that he could put up a pretty decent, decent score this next week here. And he should be your, if you're looking for a quarterback to stream, he should be the one you stream this week. Yeah, you're uh, you're not doing too bad this season on your full streams ahead arm, and I'll give you I'll, I'll give you a little tire pump there. You've uh, <laughs> you've produced on your full streams, other than the one when I told you to start Sam Darno. I think uh, <laughs> you've you've done pretty darn good so far. So I'll give you a little props, um, Armand. Uh, do you want to continue here on your? Oh, sorry, no, we'll go to Zach first. Sorry, Zach, your start of the week. I think I got All confused because right. you both were fighting over this one. <laughs> <laughs> I am starting uh, Chase Claypool wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he was a Canadian profile of ours earlier in the season, so we should all know about Claypool. Um, but over the first three weeks of the season, um, he was putting up scores of under 10 uh, fantasy points in half-point settings. Uh, week three was a bit of a turnaround game for him, though. Uh, he had 15 targets. Um, I don't believe he played in week four, but in week five, he put a stat line of five receptions, 130 yards, and one touchdown. Good for 19 fantasy points in half point settings. Um, the reason why, or one of the reasons why I went with Claypool was Juju Smith is out for the season and he was averaging um, 6.75 receptions over the first four games of the season um i'm not saying clay's uh claypool will absorb all of those targets but if you can pick up an extra two targets a game um i'm sure that's going to do uh only good things for a stat line and the the primary reason why i picked this start is that seattle's uh pass defense is giving up the third most passing yards in the league with over 305 yards per game so even with old noodle arm, uh, Big Ben, look for the Steelers to put up some yards through the air. Yeah, I know Armin liked that one because uh, you guys were fighting over that one. But the, yeah. uh, the the logic's definitely there. When you have vacated targets and a guy that, well, man, he put up some numbers in a big way this week five. I think uh, he's just going to kind of continue to build on that momentum. So I, I like that one a lot. Uh, Armin, you're uh, – oh, Lamar got stuff. Oh, my God, he fumbled. It's going back the other way. <laughs> what is happening right now oh my goodness oh my goodness lateral it that is a 100 yard fumble return my goodness baltimore ravens sucks to suck apparently right now um <laughs> armin your start of the week all right my start of the week is khalil herbert out of chicago he is the rookie running back um, that was tearing up the preseason and he finally got an opportunity to play a little bit this week. And by the end of the game, he actually had a higher snap percentage than Damian Williams. And he had more rushing um, attempts than Damian Williams and ended up with the same amount of touches by the end of the day. Um, they would have been very similar in points, um, except that Williams did get a touchdown where Herbert didn't. But I don't see this trending well for Williams. It, it kind of looks like Herbert's a more explosive guy. 
that uh, that the Chicago Bears might want uh, playing a little bit more. Sorry, I'm totally distracted. I'm watching this highlight. This was <laughs> they're trying to figure. They're trying to figure out here if his knee was down, and it can't be any closer. That was bizarre. So we'll have to keep you guys posted on this one. But I like it, Armin. I honestly was really paying attention to him in uh, redraft uh, waiver wires last week because, like you mentioned there, Damian Williams, he uh, he had a little bit of a bone bruise too, so he was uh, questionable even too. So he, Herbert was on my radar, and now going into this week. Uh, Herbert getting some get some serious experience here. I think uh, I, I like that start a lot, Armand. I mean, that's I one think of those ones... Herbert came out uh, in the first series for the Bears. Yeah, so it's definitely worth monitoring. I mean, any dynasty league, uh, I'd be <laughs> obviously coming unglued with my uh, waiver wire and my my fab if he's still there. But even in a redraft, I think that's a little sneaky flex position there too. So for maybe some of those deeper leagues, that's uh, that's a good start. I, I like that one. So. And I'm watching this uh, return, and Jackson didn't try. He he can run faster than that. <laughs> yeah, he was sulking, sulking on the on the goal line there. Uh, my start of the week here. I'm gonna go with uh, Joe Mixon versus Detroit. Uh, Joe was expected to maybe even not start this past week because of an, uh, an uh, injury. He ended up getting in, finding his way in the end zone against Green Bay. Uh, but Detroit Lions, their uh, their pass defense or their run defense, sorry, is not very great. Uh, one of the worst in the leagues by uh, by quite a bit. And uh, you're looking at last week what Detroit um, was. Cook was hurt. Was like, oh, good, thank goodness, maybe they're not going to absolutely destroy us on the ground. It didn't matter because uh, Madison had himself a, a big week. So uh, I'm going to go back and have Joe Mixon. He's going to return on some of your high draft capital, and uh, Joe Mixon is going to get it done against the Detroit Lions this uh, this upcoming week. Um, Zach, your set of the week. I think, all right, we so all, I think we all agree we like this one. <laughs> this week, I am starting uh, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, over the first two weeks this season, uh, Lockett was putting up pretty impressive numbers, 22 points and 23.8 points, respectively. Um, but both of those games were aided by deep, deep scores, um, one going for 69 yards and the other going for 63 yards. Um, the last three games, however, um, he hasn't had any big game, big gains like that. And uh, that's partly re- partly one of the reasons why um, his previous three scores have been 3.1, 2.4, and 5.7 points per game. Um, now, with Wilson out for this week for sure and the foreseeable future, um, I don't know what Gino has to offer. Um, and as we saw on Thursday night, Gino seems to love himself some uh, DK Metcalf. Um, so if I am a Tyler Lockett owner, I will um take the wait and see approach um and if i have somebody else on my roster that i can start i'll probably sit lock it and start um that other player um until i see if he can uh you know put up points with gino at, at quarterback i'm uh, i'm curious what that whole seattle team is gonna do like i if the if this season's a write-off like a lot of people are expecting it to be moving forward here I'm curious what's going to happen with Chris Carson. Are they going to put him on the shelf a little bit? And hopefully they mentioned it was a chronic neck injury. Are they going to put him on the shelf for a bit? Is it going to kind of be just a, a write-off for them? I'm, I'm curious what these upcoming weeks are going to look like, especially at the helms of Geno Smith. So I, I like that advice quite a bit there, Zach. With the- I read a, 
a uh, a thread on Twitter that uh, suggested that this might be the end of the Russell Wilson era in uh, in Seattle, um, just with his uh, his public trade requests uh, over the off season, and now this season looking like it's uh, a lost season. This might be their chance to almost hit the reset button on the roster considering they don't have a first round pick in this year's draft. If they can ship him off and recuperate some draft assets, this might be their, their chance. Yeah. I, uh, you got to get what you can get for him and who knows what happens here after this injury. This is, this will be the first time he's never started. They called it back. Hold on. What's going on here? It's tight. It was a tight one. Indianapolis gets the ball still, but they're saying they said it was a forward pass. That wasn't forward. That was back. What is going on? If I'm Indianapolis, I'm challenging that. I don't know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> but I, I agree with you. He he's never missed a start. And this is gonna be the first time that Russell Wilson's gonna miss a start. And like you mentioned, like there's there's been the rumors that was all the entire offseason was rumors, 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 right? So get what you can for him and hit the reset button because you're, you're you're not winning this year and you're going to be coming back to the table with the exact same team next year with no first round pick. So I, I like the idea there, Zach. I think, uh, I, I think if that's, if there's somewhere you can bet some money on that, you might, uh, might be able to turn a bit of a profit. Cause I, I think, uh, I think you're, I think you're sniffing something out there. So, um, Armand, your, uh, your set of the week. Um, you know, I had written down on our, uh, our docket here, uh, Damian Williams, but I'm actually going to pivot because I feel like I, our listeners deserve a little bit more than just two guys from the same team from the same position. Um, so I am going to say Devin Singletary. Um, I'm sitting him because um, Zach Moss is repeatedly performing better than him, getting um, better production and, and better fantasy points than, than Singletary. Um, I think it's, it's time to, to sit him, sit him this week. Zach Moss has looked actually pretty good. Like he actually looked pretty good in that game too, receiving work and uh, on the ground. So I'm, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. Like, yeah, uh, and he's a bit bigger than Singletary, right? So he can do a little bit better in pass pro, and he's shown that he can do the receiving work, and then he he can run the ball. Uh, with that run from Jonathan Taylor, I officially won my week Monday miracle. Let's uh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Not mad at all. Um, so I'm going to take, go ahead and go with my start or set of the week. Sorry. Uh, this week I am going to be sitting miles Sanders for a lot of the same arguments I had for why I was going to sit, uh, my, uh, miles Gaskins. <laughs> the thing is miles Sanders has not been getting the passing work. Uh, and he's also been losing touches to Kenny Gainwell. So not only is miles Sanders, not necessarily one of my favorite plays right now, cause he has been losing touches. Uh, you're also going against the number one run defense in the NFL, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So go back, listen to last episode, uh, listen to the same statistics and the same same reasoning. Uh, that's why I'm going to sit Miles Sanders this week as well, too. So Miles Sanders, uh, you you can take a seat this week, and uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to get to eat him up, even on a, a lower target share. So um, last segment of the week, uh, like I mentioned every week, my favorite uh, favorite segment of the week. Uh, unfortunately, Zach last week has got himself back to 500 here uh, <laughs> with Washington 
losing to New Orleans and Armin piggybacked on that one. And so Armin, you're Owen one here with me when I, <laughs> I went Owen one with the Lions, you're Owen one there too. So we're not too hot, but hopefully Zach can get himself back above 500 with, uh, with this week's upset of the week. All right. This one is going to be a, uh, a fun one. I think um, I'm taking the Houston Texans as 10 and a half point underdogs to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, as of recording, both teams are one and three. And I don't think uh, there's any way that one, one and three teams should be favored by 10 and a half points over the other one and three teams. So just take it as a toss up as it is. Um, this week, the Texans played the Pats and you better believe I watched every minute of that game. Um, and Houston played a really determined game against the Patriots. Um, they pulled out all the stops, it seemed, to beat the Pats. And uh, they definitely had their opportunities to win that game. Um, as Jason Bateman would say, it was a bold strategy doing that uh, punt <laughs> that uh, ricocheted off of their punters. Go to the net. Taylor touchdown. Let's go. I'm happy for you there, JC. <laughs> That's a, win. That's, a win. <laughs> That's a win. That's a win. That's a win. That's a win. So I definitely think the Texans have it with have it in them to to beat the you know, the bottom half teams in the league. Um, they went for it on fourth down several times, which I was you know having a a conflict of interest. I was I was loving the aggression, the uh, like the the swagger of it, I guess the, the bravado to go for it, not once, not twice, but three times. But I was also like, God dang it. Like, don't do it against the Pats. Like they just stop you on third down. Playing, playing Madden, playing Madden, no punting allowed. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and lastly, David Mills played himself a, a really good game. Um, up until this point in time or before yesterday's game, I knew, Two things about uh, Mills. One is that he was a highly toted high school recruit that never really lived up to billing in college. And two, that uh, he had one of the longest necks I have ever seen. Yes. <laughs> um, but he he definitely showed up last night or yesterday morning. And uh, if the Texans can play like that against the Colts, I think it's going to be a really good game um, in a divisional uh game against two of the lesser teams in the league. So I am cautiously optimistic that the Houston Texans will win against the Indianapolis Colts. Well, the nice thing is that 10 and a half point spread too. They don't even have to win. They just got to lose by less than less than 10 and a half. So that's the, that's the nice thing you can take. You can yeah. take the win and take it take this victory lap, even at a nine point loss. <laughs> um, Perfect. Okay. Going back a second here. I always forget that that's Jason Bateman in dodgeball. And then once I think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, that is Jason Bateman. Yeah, he's like oh, all yeah. sitting like up on the, the yeah. chair, his knees up and got the signies on and the, the spiked or the frosted tips. Back to you, <laughs> cotton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, oh, so underrated. And you, like, you go watch Jason Bateman. He's so serious in every other role, too. And then you go look at him, it's like on – unreal like i always forget it that's that's actually him in dodgeball underrated quote zach <laughs> underrated 
I am the police. Thank you. Yeah, very much. absolutely. We need more references on the show. Like you talk, <laughs> if you, if you listen to any of our conversations between Armand, myself or Zach, the amount of office quotes, I think that get thrown around in there is unnecessary first of oh. all, but uh, there's a lot of different TV and movie quotes. So we got to start bringing more of those on the pod, I think, but um, anything to add to here, fellas, before we wrap this one up? You know, I, uh, I don't hate that, uh, that upset of the week, Zach, the, the Texans are underrated this year. I think a little bit, don't sleep on them. They've made competitive games in almost every game so far, it seems. Uh, yeah. it's, I was, I couldn't believe it was, uh, 10 and a half. Like that just seems like maybe if the, the Texans are playing, I don't know, like the bills or the chiefs, I'd be like, that makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, 10 and a half against the Colts. I thought, what the heck? Watching what the Colts are doing, the Ravens right now, it might be a, might be sketchy, but they're, uh, they're yeah. manhandling them. But I mean, they're also a Lamar Jackson fumble on the half yard line away from maybe this being a tie ball game. So um, that'll do it, I guess, for episode number 23. Uh, hopefully everybody had a nice long Thanksgiving weekend and hit the reset button and recharge the batteries a little bit as we get back into the, uh, the work week here. So um, thanks again for listening to the episode. Uh, I'm going to be putting up a little bit of a poll here on our social medias. Just our numbers on YouTube have gone down a little bit and our numbers on our podcast platforms have uh, continuously going up here. So I'm going to put a poll on the platform just to see uh, if um, obviously in the off season, the YouTube's awesome. because There's a lot of visuals and stuff we do in the off season, but in season, there's not a whole heck of a lot. So I'm just going to put a poll up to see if there's anybody that'd be uh, uh, quite against that against the YouTube going down until the uh, off season comes back. Uh, just as it um, it does save us a little bit of time on the editing aspect and whatnot of the behind the scenes stuff of the podcast, but that'll do it for episode number 23. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Uh, good luck this upcoming week. And um, hopefully everybody's, uh, everybody's uh, bouncing back from the Turkey coma. So take care, everybody. Good luck this week. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.